Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, today is Monday, February 10th, 2020. This is episode six of season two. And today we have a very uh, interesting topic, but also something that I think is very important in general to um, just sort of living life and, and working in the entertainment media and sports space. And I think we've had a ton of examples of this over the last um, last week, at least, if not uh, the last uh, six months to a year uh, in the different entertainment media sports um, spaces. And we'll get into some of that and what we're talking about here. And so today's sort of topic is on wisdom and, integ- and integrity in entertainment media and sports uh, deal making. So as we all know, sort of you go through life and obviously you've got situations, right, where you have a um, tough time to make a decision, right? And, um, and obviously the older you get, generally the, the decisions get harder they usually involve other people and involve more money or whatever it might be. They just generally get more difficult. And, uh, and they generally, your decisions have, have a larger effect on more people. And of course, um, those decisions that we make, even on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, obviously have consequences, good and bad, and sometimes even indifferent. And frankly, regardless of, um, you know, whether our decisions are good or bad, um, you know, ultimately, you know, sometimes you can make a bad decision and it turns out good or uh, whatever it might be. It turns out uh, that it could be the exact opposite of where you think it might go. Sometimes you make a good decision and something bad happens, right? So, but I think that when we're looking at this in the context of the sort of entertainment media sports space, I think that we have a, a ton of examples when it comes to sort of wisdom and integrity and, um, and potentially, um, you know, sort of looking at, um, sort of how that, how that all, you know, will play out. Right. And so, uh, the first example is, um, you know, really looking at the Hollywood industry and, uh, Hollywood, um, sort of power structure and how that's sort of been shaken to its core when we're talking about some of the me too things and some of the other scandals that have gone on there. Right. And of course, industry disruption has happened there too, with regard to streaming and technology. And then of course, in the media space, we've seen sort of untruthful news. We've seen partisanship and um, we sort of have this tendency of wanting to be first versus being right. uh, Or really even more, sometimes even more importantly, just being decent. And I think overall in many industries, there's a lack of decency. Uh, and of course, those things have taken precedence, right? They need to be first, they need to be partisan, they need to be, um, even the need to be right in the sense of just to be right, not to be decent, right? And I think that's what's led to sort of some of the untruthful things and even calls for fake news and that sort of stuff. And then of course, in sports, You know, we have Major League Baseball going through a ton of um, off-the-field issues 
and whether you're talking about the Houston Astros and their admitted cheating uh, by stealing signs. And then, of course, there was a Wall Street Journal article that came out um, and uh, discussed sort of some behind-the-scenes work with regard to that uh, the code-breaking um, in terms of stealing catcher signs actually originated potentially from the front office of the of the Astros. It did not originate with the players, although the players and, and the coaches, specifically Alex Cora, uh, instituted that program with Carlos Beltran. And eventually, obviously, those guys, you know, Beltran went on to the Mets and had that manager job for a period of time uh, without even actually getting to manage one game, and he was uh, he was fired. And then, of course, Alex Cora took uh, the Red Sox to the World Series in 2018, a year after he went to the World Series with the uh, Houston Astros. Both years, they beat the Dodgers. And, um, and of course, it's been alleged that the Red Sox are still under investigation. But the idea is, is that you know they were essentially using trash cans um, to relay signs to the batter um, after looking at a live stream video of the catcher giving signs to um, the pitcher in terms of what pitch he should throw. And this Wall Street Journal article called out, you know, basically saying that the front office actually was using Excel worksheets and this started from an intern and that um, code word, like there was a uh, one part of the presentation of this Excel worksheet and what they used was called Code Breaker and other, uh, other folks refer to it as the dark arts, uh, really kind of giving like a more sinister meaning um, for what really was going on. And then, of course, the Red Sox are still under investigation uh, for similar allegations, and we'll see when that report comes out. Supposedly, it's supposed to be before spring training. And then, most recently, we obviously had the Mookie Betts trade to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, um, you know, if you're sort of following along very closely, you realize that this is something that's a deal that's been held up for about a week, and really to an unfortunate situation because one of the players' medical uh, records was um, released without authorization, uh, which violates all kinds of Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball uh, rules and regulations. And, um, and of course, it, it violates HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. So um, obviously in the, in the private context of looking at a union and a league, it's unlikely that HIPAA violations would occur and or litigation would occur in that context. Um, but uh, still sort of looking at it from the whole picture, it's a big issue. And this is something that's happened before. And it's a little bit scary that information is being leaked by their front offices or being, however the information is being obtained. And of course, I mean, how many stories have we heard where a player finds out about a trade on Twitter or a player finds out about a trade through a news report and not even having the chance to hear from a team? And of course, this is very likely with younger prospects because generally the agent um, for maybe a more established player is going to be involved or uh, going to have maybe a closer relationship to the team because they've done deals together before. So maybe there's less of that happening on the higher level of, of trades with veterans or guys who've been in the league, but definitely something that we've seen with younger prospects. And so, you know, again, sort of looking at all of this um, – you know, collectively, it, you know, it presents really, in my opinion, you know, some serious issues when it comes to wisdom and integrity. 
and wisdom in the sense of looking at something uh, in the long run, right? Looking at something, how it affects relationships and what it does to deal making and what it does to get things done and uh, looking at the long value of relationships, right? You know, one of the interesting things that came out about the Astros uh, cheating scandal was that A.J. Hintz, the former manager, and Dave Roberts were good friends. And it's it's an interesting thing to think about because I think one of them attended one of the other's weddings prior to the World Series, within a week or two, I think, prior to the World Series. So it really presents some interesting conversations there. I don't know what conversation A.J. Hintz and, Hintz and uh, Dave Roberts had, but it's... Um, I'm sure it was an interesting one if it did occur in terms of how that all played out. And of course, Alex Cora played for the Dodgers with, uh, um, for, you know, 10 plus years. And so, um, it, it, it's just an interesting thing, just looking at it very objectively. Um, and it's a disappointing thing when you're looking at, again, wisdom and integrity in entertainment media and sports. So I, I think this really is a renewed call to wisdom and integrity and in deal-making, uh, you know, it's it sort of interesting story. Early on in my practice, um, I did a little bit of criminal defense work. And this was, I was getting my practice up and running and, you know, obviously was representing um, uh, some sports uh, stars on the side and was working uh, some different angles in sports and entertainment. But obviously you have to have a little bit of bread and butter when you're getting started and, and uh, was doing a little bit of criminal defense. I'd had some experience with the public defender's office. And as I was in there doing that, there was this great line that was referred to me and the line went something like this. And it said that, um, the criminal bar was civil and the civil bar was criminal. Meaning that when you, when you're practicing, uh, criminal defense or criminal prosecution, you were likely to be very friendly to the opponent, maybe because you saw that person a lot because it was generally one DA assigned to a certain courtroom. You would see judges over and over again. You were in court all the time. And or you were in judges' chambers or you were in some conference room trying to negotiate some deal or plea, uh, plea agreement or something like that. But then on the civil side, because you didn't necessarily see each other too much and or you're fighting over money versus terrible facts and people's lives, so to speak, it seemed to be a little more criminal in terms of the way that the lawyers and the parties treated each other. This is you know very typical in family law. It's very typical in many other practice areas. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And, um, it, it's sort of a, it's an, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing because, you know, there is a chance for obviously for developing relationships here. And it's one of the main reasons why, you know, I enjoyed the, the relationships in criminal law, but I did not enjoy, uh, working with people really at the worst times in their lives. Right. And so it was, um, it was a tough, uh, it was a tough choice to make, but ultimately I chose my passion, you know, which was obviously entertainment and sports. And um, so it kind of gives you an insight into, you know, some of the legal sort of uh, aspects to that. Um, now, of course, there's great attorneys out there. There's great media outlets. There's great Hollywood deal makers uh, and leaders who live and practice integrity. There's no doubt about that. There's multitudes of them. But, you know, ultimately you only hear about um, a lot of the bad things on the news, um, because that's generally what's reported, you know, for better or worse. But the problem is that everybody needs to be reminded that winning comes at a cost when one substitutes integrity and wisdom for future relationships, morals, and ethics. Just have to remember that. 
Now, of course, in Hollywood, as these scandals are litigated and, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein is obviously, you know, going through uh, that prosecution in New York State. But as these policies change and you see this these, this industry disruption, um, you know, sort of driving talent and studios and networks forward through streaming technology and analytics and artificial intelligence, you know, all parties, including agents, managers, and attorneys, should think about how their actions affect deal making, specifically for their clients. And you know, look, there's a level of decency that should be held high when negotiating and coming to terms on a deal. And collaboration can be very useful when folks let their pride subside. And of course, in media, I was re- reminded of I was walking, uh, watching a Lincoln, a Abraham Lincoln documentary the other day. Uh, and it was talking about how newspapers in those days referred to themselves as what they were. So, you know, during President Abraham Lincoln's administration, if there was a left-leaning newspaper, it referred to itself as the Democrat. If it was a right-leaning newspaper, it referred to itself as the Republican. And people knew what they were reading, for better or worse. But there was some honesty in that, right? It was like you're reading a left-leaning newspaper, you're reading a right-leaning newspaper, now, of course, in today's fight for ratings and being first and partisanship and some of the confusion, it's created uncertainty in what's being reported. And, uh, and of course, now wouldn't it just be easier uh, to just be right in terms of how you report the news uh, versus being first and went over an audience by demonstrating consistent truthfulness? I feel like that, in terms of the long run, would probably go a lot further, right? You may take a hit in the beginning, but I think in the long run, people are going to go with trust versus immediacy. And then of course in sports, proven and allegations of cheating in baseball on one hand has turned eyeballs towards the sport in the offseason, but it's not for the best reason. Um, you know, many players and industry insiders have called on those athletes um, that were involved in the cheating scandal to apologize and show remorse. That's not been done yet. We'll see if that happens. Um, but you know, again, forgiveness of oneself begins with the recognition of the wrong itself, right? And, you know, for you to sort of move on in life, you, you really have to be able to approach that and face that. And I really sort of think about the players in that sense. And I go, okay, well, how are they going to deal with this as the season goes on? And we'll get into that a little bit more here in a bit. Now, Major League Baseball uh, Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred has called on the players and teams not to speak of this past discipline and ongoing investigation. But there is some hope that that policy will be lifted. There's been some rumors that there will be a team announcement by the Astros um, that uh, will be done during spring training, will be some sort of team apology. But look, at the end of the day, discussion needs to occur, right? The players need to have these conversations. I'm also of the opinion that history is always the judge of these situations. Um, While the fans and the players in some sense, the opposing players, uh, will relay that sense of judgment to history, uh, meaning in terms of their relationships. Uh, so specifically, maybe you decide not to attend a game, you know, put your money towards it, booing, of course, uh, and ending relationships and appreciation. And if that doesn't seem like it's a lot, you know, ask Pete Rose and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens how that feels, not being elected into the Hall of Fame, um, having a lack of respect amongst other players and, and leaders in the league, rightfully or not. Uh, but that's that's the way that it is. And that's sort of what's happened, right? And of course, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, same situation there. So again, you know, there has been a lack of decorum and respect uh, attributed 
to some of these situations. And lastly, with again, with the Dodgers, Red Sox, Minnesota Twins, and Anaheim Angels um, involving the Mookie Betts trade and 11, at least 11 other players, um, and not including another, a potential future draft pick, and their families. So what happened there was, you know, stories were being discussed and talked about. And again, look, the news media has got to do their job too, right? They need to release information if they get it. I mean, that's in some sense, it's the fourth estate of, of American government, right? It's, it's getting information out to the people. There's a right to the free press. It's, you know, it's in the first amendment to the constitution, right? Bill of rights. But it's also something too, where again, I think decency and respect comes into play and, um, and of course, again, they're reporting on it, and and maybe the news media is not to blame. Maybe it's the teams, uh, and I think I think specifically we'll get into sort of um, what the real motivation might have been there. But what happened was obviously, as we mentioned earlier, one of the players' medicals uh, were released without his authorization, and of course, this taints that player's reputation and um, and what that means in terms of future trades or whatnot. But uh, Major League Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark, uh, Chief Tony Clark, um, Commissioner Manfred, Agent Scott Boris, and even Angels owner uh, Artie Moreno all made comments on the delay of the trade. And for what many believed was a delay on the Red Sox front office, uh, which I believe was a first-year GM. No knock on him, very smart guy. But I think this is something that... um, Major League Baseball should do something about because I think the argument there was that the Red Sox maybe felt they were kind of getting fleeced on the deal and decided that they wanted more. And they used the medical uh, as an excuse. Whether that's true or not, I think, you know, obviously you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I think the problem is it's actually happened in the past as well. If you remember when the Dodgers were trading uh, Matt Kemp to the Padres for Yasmani Grandal. There were some other players exchanged, but those are the two headliners. Uh, I believe it was the Padres GM who found issue with Matt Kemp's uh, medical and physical exam. And so uh, the idea there was to try to pull more prospects out of that deal. Of course, that did not happen in the same deal that went through, So, which sort of highlights, okay, well, was it trying to get more prospects or was it a legitimate concern? We'll never know. Um I've met AJ Preller, you know, decent guy. And, um, you know, but again, I think that there is a process to go through here. And I think that teams need to be very careful about when they're deal making and what's released to the press and what's not. And I think out of respect for families and everybody else that, um, you know, those things should be kept private, uh, you know, in, in, in so far as, as they can, right. I get it. You know, you want to release information and, and obviously keep the public informed. But, of course, another part, a solution to this of, is Major League Baseball instituting penalties for leaking trades from a front office, especially before it's done. Uh, and, of course, um, penalties for uh, leaking uh, medical information. And, of course, I think what we're likely to see as well going forward is higher penalties for cheating. Because the reason that uh, Commissioner Manfred was limited in terms of what he could do in terms of um, – disciplining the Astros that Astros and Red Sox, of course, we don't know the Red Sox discipline yet um, as of, um, you know, a Monday, you know, Monday evening here, but it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, he had limited himself by basically saying it's a $5 million fine and, 
you know, but I think we might see that change going forward. So, you know, again, I, I think that uh, one thing to take away here is that, you know, look, punishment has always been a great deterrent to cheating and breaking the law. But I think in the end, it's a renewed call to sort of uh, integrity and wisdom in terms of thinking long term. And I think in the end, the long tail of relationships and character is much more meaningful than immediate satisfaction of brief, of brief success. And, you know, people often forget who won or lost something. You know, I was thinking the other day, who won the national championship or who won the World Series in whatever year? And it's unless you're, a, you know, really a diehard fan or you just put it to your mind to remember those things, it's unlikely that you will, right? And so you often forget who won or lost something, but you do remember who did something, right? Uh, whether terribly bad or wonderfully great and beautiful. And so when I think, when you're thinking about these things and what's important, I think that it's important to think about wisdom and integrity in deal making. So folks, uh, I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. This was episode six of season two via the Believe Podcast Network. Really do appreciate you listening in. Honored uh, to have you as a listener and look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.